Hello, Screeders. So, do you ever feel like you've done something as far as it can be done? Do you know what I'm saying? You've worked on something, maybe a year, maybe two. Uh, You've done a lot with it, and you don't know where else it can really go to have any value whatsoever. So, I feel like maybe Random Screed has reached that place. I feel like maybe I've done everything I can do here, people. I don't know. What I do know is today is April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day. Random Screed is not done. I was merely trying to be humorous, and I know all of you guys knew that already. Today is April 1st. Again, 2019, I am Jason Hobbs, and this is the ever-loving Random Screed. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nap, man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. Clarity, clarity. You must learn clarity. Come on, Webster, you can do better than this. Um, Right, okay, I play Castles and Crusades with my Friday night guys. And we're playing in a campaign set in my setting of Mr. Mia. And... The guys are travelling to a place called the Isle of Fire, okay? Um, and for that part of the adventure, it's a hex crawl. And of course, they're trying to find a way to the Fire Citadel of the Dragon Kings. So that's the game I'm playing. That's what I'm, I'm all about. Um, and in terms of what you're talking about, I need to be kind of clear. I'm not adding an encounter per se, what I'm doing is activating a possible encounter when it feels like the logical thing to do. And there's a subtle difference, I think. So what is that subtle difference? Hard to explain. Um, Generally, I rolling encounters, there's random stuff, and the players are completely deciding which direction they go, and things are happening, and there's procedural stuff happening. There are, of course, encounters on the map they can encounter. Sometimes the players are talking about, for example, an expectation they have, um, and I might roll with that. Sometimes there's just something that seems like the logical thing to have happen, and so I make sure that logically things proceed kind of rolls out of whatever's going on and that could well be incidentally in addition to whatever's going on procedurally still not sure i'm explaining it and i kind of feel like i might have to give it an actual example so last session the guys were traveling on the isle of fire they were exploring they were close to a location on the map which had um banditos They were also being tracked by um, some creatures that are something, an encounter, some basically some trackers, okay, who were for who were basically procedurally generated. Um, The players decided they were saying to me, "Hey, I think it's got anything to do with this kind of rumored place." And you know what? It seemed logical. 
So we kind of went with that and their engagement with the entirety of those two encounters ended up being a blended thing. It came out of, I guess, the players suggesting something. I guess I did a story game thing. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but hey, there you go. I've answered. There you have it. Che Webster with a very entertaining and uh, thorough explanation of what he was talking about previously. As soon as he started talking, I remembered I already know what he's talking about because I've heard him talk about it on his show, Roleplay Rescue. So if you uh, enjoy Che's call-ins, you should go over to Roleplay Rescue and you should listen because that's pretty much how he always talks, <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. Um, I don't really think it was a story thing. Uh, I would just call that, you know, basically sourcing the table. And I think uh, in half a mile, turn. Gary and Dave and Jim Ward and all the grognards have been doing that since the beginning of role-playing games which I hope that doesn't make more confusion about what a story game is. In fact, who cares what a goddamn story game is? Not this guy. Take the next ride. I am thoroughly over it. But I should say that uh, this game sounds pretty fun. It sounds to me like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Not that you. it matters what I think. You keep on being you, Che. I think you're a great dude. And your game sounds like you and all your players are having a ball so I think that's all that's necessary about terminology let's hear from Ray Otis of Plundergrounds hey Jason this is Ray I've been listening to your talk about story games over the last couple episodes and just kind of wanted to chip in a couple thoughts first of all uh, there are a lot of different ways to describe behavior at the table. There are world building questions, there are narrative control issues, there are director versus actor stances, um, there's the question of immersion, and those are all different things for sure and probably bear up under a lot of talking. I find them a little academic. Um, really, I just, uh, you know, sometimes they're useful, sometimes they're not. When we get into big camps like story games, indie games, traditional games, I find that less useful. Um, but, you know, to each his own. I will say this, independent for me, indie games just means a game that's independently created and produced. And under that concept, a lot of OSR games are indie games because they're produced independently of a, of a big publisher. Like I said, Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. Ray, my man, love you and your bionic elbows. But I realize the dictionary definition of indie games would likely be that. But I have never seen any OSR game on the indie track at Gen Con. So that tells me that that is not the industry definition of indie games. But you know what? <laughs> like you say, this is academic, and only academics are going to argue about it, or even talk about it, or discuss it. And in the end, like I said, I don't give two Fs. I don't care. I really don't. Um, if, we, if we're talking about game design and stuff, yeah, it would be nice to have a, a community and a group of jargon. But apparently, we can't agree on it. So let's just agree to disagree. And let's screed about something else. Until I get back on the track about complaining about jargon. Which I did around episode 15. Or even earlier, possibly. I don't even know what episode this is. But, uh, yeah. I love the way you talk, though. And I love the way you think. 
keep on greasing those elbows, Ray Otis. Thanks for calling in, brother. Hey, Jason. It's Vance. Man, you are on a tear with these uh, episodes coming up back-to-back. Um, yeah, really enjoying you uh, playing around with uh, some of the teardowns of the uh, um, kind of game mechanics and game little game theory. Always appreciate that sort of stuff. And then uh, you had a call a couple episodes ago on um, some little attributes to kind of, uh, I don't know, make some clerics a little bit special and stuff. Uh, one thing I've got in my files is Dyson Logos uh, put together a whole bunch of lists of sub kind of subtables or subcategories, D12 tables for the various character classes for BX or kind of OSR games. So, hey, I'll drop a link of that to you and you can take a look at it. All right. Take care, man. Be well. Vance, thanks for calling in, brother. I feel like you joined my Patreon so you could get into a BX Kalmata game, but I don't think you've gotten into one yet. You know, that leads me to something else. This fall of G+, the end of an era of a place that was always called empty and a graveyard, it really is becoming one, and I think it is affecting some people. Obviously, half a mile. some people more than others. But for me, it's where I found uh, a different sort of online gaming. It's where I found RPG podcasts. It's where I found all the things. I shouldn't say all the things. Many of the things that I'm really, really into these days. Take the next left. Especially as far as uh, tabletop gaming goes. So, there you have it. A loss of G+, is a loss for everyone. Uh, As far as this link and uh, Rob C's information, I got the emails. And uh, I need a place to post this stuff. Random Screed has never really had uh, its own... In half a mile. Its own place for storing, like, links and show notes and all that where places can interact with uh, me or whatever other than the Audio Dungeon Discord. Uh, It seems like every episode there's some kind of discussion over there about random screed and in some ways it saddens me um, that there's not like a a storage or you know like some sort of journal or encyclopedia of the legacy of the discussions that come out of random screed or have come came out of it Uh, but I guess I should say that there is a page on Facebook absolutely titled random screed Uh, I'm considering putting one up on MeWe I guess give me a call if you're a MeWe person and you'd like to see a random screed uh, specific group, let me know. Uh, I usually just post them on my timeline. Sometimes I drop them some other places, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. You guys let me know. As far as uh, Dyson Logos and his uh, BX subclasses, thanks for sharing that information, Vance. It's always great to hear from you. And thank you so very much for listening. And even more so, calling in thanks bud hey jason incoming message from spike pit surprise surprise your daily call it would appear you mentioned uh talking about calmata and the the calmata journal i think that thing is so cool the it, it really intrigues me this relationship between the hex map with just areas of blackness unexplored the the promise of adventure that 
lies therein. And then people going out, all different players, putting stuff in the journal after their their expeditions. And it's this integration of a few key things that just really, really fascinates me. It seems to capture people's imagination. I think, like you've said before, you need a good pool of players and a way for those players to communicate. The Discord, uh, the Audio Dungeon Discord, seems like the perfect solution. Previously, I'm imagining you had fairly good success with G+. Um, and I don't know, this the, the technology that we've got now for this online play, it all just integrates really nicely. Um, your, your house rules, you can pin them on the various sites. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if people who play MMOs have, have kind of got spoiled and have enjoyed this type of thing traditionally or, you know, uh, recently. Oh, man, I, I just think it's great and really enjoy the conversation and the discussion around it. It's like carrying on gaming. Colin from Spike Pit, you can be my daily call in anytime you'd like, sir. I appreciate your calls and I appreciate your show and even more. In I, a quarter mile. I appreciate my GPS interrupting me telling you that I appreciate you. So yeah, the Kalmata Journal has become imperative to the West March's style of play, in my opinion. In fact, I believe the West March's style of play requires something like the journal for players to share what they've learned, what their experiences are for both the game and for the camaraderie, and even maybe a little competition that exists around the West March's style. In half a mile, the atmosphere or the aesthetic of the feel concerning that style of game you know i don't i don't know that kalmata is special it's certainly special to me and likely special to the players but i mean as far as campaigns go or if we were going to funnel even more as far as um, west marches drop in drop out games going i don't know if it's spectacular or what i know i've learned a lot and i feel like it has gotten better and grown and i feel like there were significant moments in time that signified the changes or the growth of the game sometimes it goes backwards uh, sometimes I'm not nearly as consistent as I'd like to be or in all honesty should be uh, for example last session the rules concerning when a porter or torchbearer converts into uh, man at arms or woman at arms and then further convert into a uh, an NPC of first level are kind of muddled and I kind of muddled them and uh, that goes as far as having a henchman and how your henchmen gain experience as well it's all kind of uh, messed up and I don't pay enough attention to the own house rules that I've established and stole from the Hoffman's blog at Castellan's Corner so yeah those are things that I should be better at uh, but really most of the time all I'm wanting to do is create content and get that content into play at the table so 
I don't know, the journal's still sweet. It's hard for me not to correct things or add details or whatever, but I've decided I want to take a real hands-off approach to the journal, even as far as meta goes. So I don't even tell uh, the players like what they should look at, what links they should have available. And the players have done a good job of adding that all. It's, it's many things. It's the mustering point where we know what, what the group is and when the group is going and where they're going, uh, which I use for prep, obviously. It is the uh, beginner's guide with the links on the first page about what the game is, about what the game is and uh, about how to go about playing it. It's many, many, many things. It's uh, the you know an ongoing journal about what players have learned about the setting, uh, rumors, a map. Just take the next left. I'm pretty sure that if there was a spot, continue for, on. If there was a spot for players to do like um, AARs, as Hoff would say, after action reports, it would be even better. And maybe we could do that. Like if um, if people wanted to do. Uh, session reports on their blogs and then they could link it to that or otherwise somehow attach you know word documents or i don't know google docs or something i think that that would enhance play and make it even better but people can always go back and watch the stream which i really enjoy that aspect of it when people you know watch the games later and uh, I would say that uh, the viewership of that has fluctuated wildly, and I have no idea why or what. I could do a better job of tagging that and showing so for people looking for, hey, how to play a BX West Marches game and all the procedures we use and what it looks like uh, when you're using maps and dynamic lighting on Roll20. There's some significant value there, but mostly I just do it as trying to break into that streaming stuff and i've considered switching over to twitch so here's a question to my listenership do you think uh kalmata live would be more valuable on a twitch stream and then save it back uh and if we were more regular on when we did it would that be better i don't know i don't really know why people watch it or uh when or you know what they get out of it exactly so I don't really know. But let me know. Anyway, Colin, I rambled on enough about Kalmata and the journal. So thank you very much for... Oh, dang. One last thing. I made two Kalmata Island of Adventure groups on MeWe. I ask you, am I getting senile? How else could I do one, make a group a few months ago and then last night make another one and not realize I already had one? In half a mile, turn- one of the funniest things about that to me is the fact that I used exactly the same picture that had to be cropped, and I cropped it in the same way. What is going on, people? Am I going crazy? So I don't really know if all my creative energy sort of disseminated or what. I still feel like I got it. But I haven't worked on the things I wanted to. Instead, I've been working on other things and playing a lot of MechWarrior Online, which I think stemmed from starting to play Battletech again. 
Like I spent a lot of time over the weekend playing it, and I'm terrible at it. And I think I just want to be better. Sometimes, as far as games go, especially video games, I get challenged by myself, and I'm like, no, I should be good at this, and I'm going to do it. The funny thing is, is most oftentimes that that happens is when I'm experiencing resilience or resistance away from projects that I want to work on. Funny, I think those two things are connected. Anyway, I just wanted to drop a line about uh, where I am on the vinyl couch. I feel pretty good. I'm excited about a lot of things. Um, I feel like I didn't really take a lot of vitamin D over the weekend. And uh, this turn in the cold is uh, has a negative effect on my mental health. A couple other things, but mostly just silly life things that everyone probably goes through. In half a mile, turn... Which... I mean, is no different than if you are bipolar or not bipolar. You still have these things to go through. I think uh, if you're not uh, affected by some kind of mental health, you're just a little better at dealing with them than other people. Not always. Sometimes, sometimes I deal with things better than other people just because I could be in a state of mania or better balanced or, you know, just through self-analysis on where I am, I have a better opportunity. In a quarter mile through experience of recognizing shifts and in mental incongruities and knowing how I best deal with them. And that is, first off, of course, get back on my vitamin D and uh, more specifically in general, get back on a routine. You know, watch, watch my sleep habits. Those are big. And uh, eating the things you're putting in your body, you know, listen to yourself, what works, what doesn't work. All those things are uh, huge in monitoring a more balanced and healthy mind and state of mind, more importantly. I don't want to go on at length about it. I just thought I'd drop, drop this line and keep you guys posted on where I'm at and what I'm doing. I should add that, uh, like, some people do yoga, some people do other things. I find that maybe playing in a game and drawing a map or working on a map and roll 20, uh, if it's not frustrating me, it's helping me. And if it is frustrating me, um, the things that we survive make us stronger. <laughs> hey, Jason, it's Che. I just uh, realized that you were kind of inviting me to have a game sometime. And you know what? Yeah, I'd be happy to have a game sometime. I just have no idea how we get that together. Um, but hey, yeah, in principle, that's a good thing. So I don't know, maybe we're going to talk to me, you know, on an email or something. I don't know, whatever. But we'll work that out if you want. Sounds good. I'm happy to game anytime, anywhere. So I guess I was kind of inviting Che to have a game. No, I wasn't kind of. I was. Let's be aggressive and enough passive voice. So this led me to consider how I would do such a thing. So on Hobbs and Friends Patreon, I have a level, a $10 per month level of uh, inviting these patrons once a month to a game. And I want to take this time to say, hey, $10 patrons who are supposed to get an invitation to me every month to a game, I don't even know how to interact with you. I've tried to send emails. I've tried to send messages on Patreon. Uh, I started a MeWe group just for you guys. 
But so far, only Curtis Takahashi joined, and he's never responded to anything that I wrote on there. So I guess what I'm asking is, is if you guys really don't want to have a, a game a month with me, then you should shift over to the just a supporter because that's pretty much what you're doing anyway. And maybe the people who do want to have a game a month with me could take those spots. I don't know. I don't even know how to really do patron. I'm just winging it like I always do. So I guess what I really wanted everyone to know is, is if you want to talk to me, I have an email that's called Hobbs at Hobbs and I would really like people to use this email. I don't really get any emails. Use it. Send me stuff. I like getting stuff. If you want to send stuff to my house, like a new car or a new set of furniture, then let me know. I'll give you my real address. Maybe I'll start a P.O. box. Some of the vloggers that I watch, like poker vlogs, they always like mention their P.O. box and then people send them stuff as uh, advertisement. So here's another thought. I would love to do advertisements for people. I do get quite a few queries about being on Hobbs and Friends or if I would forward, you know, your Kickstarter or if I would talk about your product. But I feel uncomfortable doing that and in many ways unless I actually have seen the product or if I personally know you and I know you're going to come through on it. So I feel a little uncomfortable about that. Maybe I should start doing reviews. I don't know. If I could get some feedback on this from the people who send me stuff and from my listeners, if you'd like to hear stuff like this, uh, I would love to hear what you think about it. So call in, random screed, go to the Anchor app, push message, and talk to me, and I'll put you on the show. I'll make you famous. It'll be awesome. So Che specifically... Send me an email, brother, and I'll send you an email back, and we will get you in a Hobbs game of some sort. Maybe this is a good opportunity to say what I am playing. So on Mondays, regularly, I am playing in a BX Essentials slash Old School Essentials game run by a man who needs no more introduction than a ringing phone, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor fame. So there's also a few people in that game that you may have heard of before, including uh, Matt Jackson of Matt Random, Eric Tenkar of Tenkar's Tavern Chat, Joe the Lawyer of Not So Wondrous Imaginings, and Alessandro Bertolucci, another Canadian who is pretty dang awesome. Uh, Alex hasn't been in a game yet, and I was only in my first session. Uh, but I am playing a character I've played in the past, an elven uh, Komatori, which is a particular culture of ash elves. Yes, I said ash, not ass elves. That's high elves. Ash elves are something else. <laughs> uh, so that's on Mondays. Uh, I'm playing in um, Carl Rodriguez's Broken Lands game intermittently as it doesn't have a specific scheduled day. Uh, Every other Thursday is my basic fantasy role-playing game experiment, um, which I'm doing with Colin, who is not in the game. But some other great players in that game are uh, Zach Pierce, Craig Brasco, Thaddeus Moore, 
Edwin Nagy, uh, Larry Hot, and uh, John Bird. So that game is going on this week, and I got some prep to go. I'm curious to see what they do, and I'm curious to see what I do and how it interacts with what they do as I am running a mystery. I'll probably do another show about that before Thursday. Um, I My work schedule changed, so I haven't been able to play Reavers of Thule with uh, Dungeon Musings using uh, Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. I wish I was, but no. Uh, trying to play one game a week of uh, Battletech in our Battletech campaign. And... Um, I think that's it. Oh, and I am trying to get another face-to-face -face game going, this time at a gaming store at a friendly local gaming shop, which uh, I am going to try and run something DCC. I believe I'll start with a short DCC campaign, which I've never done too much of. And uh, then I am hoping to shift it over to Dark Trails, possibly, if I can get... Uh, the man, David Beatty, to send me uh, a current book of that. I probably already have it. I would just have to go to Lulu and get the 400-page Beast Bound and make a little player's manual for each of the character classes. And Yeah, there's some work to be done, but I, like I say, I'd like to start them off with uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics to get them into the mood and also to get into the involved in the awesome Goodman Games Road Crew 2019. Yeah, I think that's awesome, and I'm pumped about it. So I think that's about it. I guess I don't really have any specific questions, but hopefully there's something in here you guys liked. Otherwise, I'll see you soon, and it's better to burn out than to fade away.